Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Oh, so yeah, we had the music fest last night, and man, it was it was really awesome. I, I, I don't know that I've cried that much in a long time. Uh, I, I was worshiping up there with the kids, just jumping around and getting crazy and having a good old time, and uh, it was it was amazing. And in the midst of, I, I, I got to be a part of like the idea that this was going to happen. I got to talk to uh, Ruach back in December, and they had pitched the idea, and then I was like, yeah, I'm all in, man. Let's do these things. Let's, uh, let's do this together. And then I messed up my knee. You guys remember? I messed up my knee. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't go to the meetings. I couldn't go to the prayer things over the baseball field. I couldn't, couldn't sit with all the donors and, and inspire them and be a part of that like I wanted to. All of a sudden, I was disconnected from what was happening. So much so that yesterday, um, I'm setting up our prayer tent, and, and, and I set it up in the wrong spot. And I was like, oh, darn it. And he's, he's like, hey, man, you're not supposed to be over here. You're supposed to be over there. What are you doing? And I'm like, well, I was just disconnected. Has anybody ever felt disconnected? Right, life just does things to you, and then all of a sudden you're you're not connect. You're not even a, you don't even feel like you're part of the team anymore. You feel like that? You ever feel like that? Now I I still they were welcoming and awesome and those things, but I definitely felt like I was on a different page. I had no idea what was going on. I was just there to serve. I'm running around in circles and helping out as much as I can, but I felt disconnected. So today's message is titled Connection. Connection. Go ahead and say to your neighbor, Connection. Connection. In Ephesians chapter 4, did you make it there? Good. Uh, verse 11 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Somebody say body. The body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity. Somebody say unity. Such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Come on, that's, that's quite a, a lofty goal, isn't it, right there? Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature. Somebody say immature. We will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Verse 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you for your heart for your church is unity, unity, Lord. And so, God, we just pray that we would be unified as a church, Lord, that, that Living Stones Church would be unified, and then Living Stones Church would be unified with the rest of the church. God, with every other church out there, with every other part of the body, God, I pray for unity. I pray for unity in our valley, unity in the United States of America, and unity for the big C church at large all across the globe. And we thank you and give you the glory right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do I have some note takers out here today? Good, good. Here's point number one for my note takers. I was created for connection. I was created for connection. Connection and discipleship are our primary focus of the church right now. Has anybody been hearing me talk about that lately? 
Connection and discipleship are the primary focus of the church right now. Now, I know so far things haven't been super popular in that because I've, I've taken out a lot of our ministries and, and all of a sudden you see how many people are actually connected when you take away the thing that they were doing. Are you with me? All of a sudden it becomes a, a more organic connection versus, well, I'm here to do a thing. I'm here to do a thing. This is my thing, and I do my thing. And if and no one else is allowed to do my thing, come on. Uh, some of us have probably been in that place at one point or another in our lives where it's like, no, this is mine. Don't mess with it. Don't mess it up. Are you with me? Yesterday, when we were putting everything together, everything got messed up the whole time. <laughs> Gigi, I apologize. The next time you pull the drums out, I don't know what it's going to look like in there. So you might come early, okay? Because... <laughs> Because I, I, let, I let those guys use our drums yesterday, which was really cool. But then you've got multiple bands moving things around and doing stuff. And I'm like, do these parts go to the drums? I don't know. And so, so it's all in there, I think. And hopefully, hopefully it's all in there. We'll see what happens. But it's all there in the name of Jesus. I, I, I love that uh, your mom said, well, if we lose it, it was a donation unto the Lord. I'm like, I'm like okay, you know, that's, that's a good thing. So, um, but we'll, we'll see as it all comes together. But there was, there was chaos yesterday, vendors going all over the place, getting in places. But you know what? In the midst of the chaos was perfection, was perfection. I was, I was telling one of the other leaders there that was kind of freaked out about all these things. I said, there's, there's a difference between mechanical growth and, and, and uh, organic growth. Organic growth, we can't plan exactly where everything's going to go. Fruit and flowers and things will come out wherever they decide they want to come out. We can, we can put a machine together and it should work a certain way. And that's, I think, how most of us think. Hey, if I do this, if I put this together, if I do these things, this is what outcome I'm going to get. Do you have that same expectation when you get in your car in the morning? I have an expectation that if I either twist this knob or push this button, it should turn on. And then I should be able to put it into gear, however you put yours into gear. And then it should go in reverse and it should go forward, right? We, we, we have a mechanical idea of how things should go. But when things grow organically... Organic growth is less controlled. Are you with me? And I, I just have to think, when, when we think about our engineering versus God's engineering, God's engineering of how he does things is organic. He's the one who created seeds. Can any of us make a seed grow? No, we can't. I just put it in the ground and follow the instructions of what the Lord says to do, which is to water it, cultivate it, take care of it, and then he makes it grow. Are you with me? None of us can do that. Right? But when it comes to mechanics, there's some of us that can do things with mechanics. There's other of us that probably shouldn't have touched that thing in the first place. Are you with me? Right? Some of my wives in, the, in here say amen. Right? Honey, please, just take it to Sammy's shop. Don't, don't touch it yourself. Right? I, right, Pastor Sarah? Pastor Sarah's like, amen, amen. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Pastor AJ's a good mechanic. He's a good mechanic. We're speaking that in the name of Jesus. No, I'm just playing. Ah, why would God want us to have discipleship and connection? I kind of asked this question. Like, God put this on my heart, and all of a sudden I'm making these changes that are affecting how people feel emotionally about church. And I was asking God, God, why would you ask me to do this? Discipleship and connection. To break everything we have down to just those two things. And it comes down to this. Are you ready? This is the, this is the verse that really just rocked me for this. Matthew 22, verse 36. This is the um, Pharisees talking to Jesus. It says, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? See, they weren't asking that question because they wanted an answer. 
They were asking that question to catch him to say the wrong thing. They were trying to, trying to catch him, say, oh, yeah, this rogue preacher, we're about to make him look dumb. So what's the most important commandment of Moses? Because they, they're, they're waiting for him to not give an answer. Because if you say any one's more important than the other, well, you're wrong. You're heretics, right? Are you with me? Here's what Jesus says. I love Jesus. Does anybody love Jesus? I love Jesus. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Verse 38. This is the first and greatest commandment. 39. A, se- a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law. Somebody say the entire law. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So what do you see there? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Somebody say discipleship. Discipleship. How do we love God? Does anybody know how to perfectly love God? Right? These are things that we work at together. We, we sit together. We get connected so that we can sharpen one another. Right? As you spend time together and searching in the word and you seek God together, you start hearing things and expecting things and knowing things because you're getting in discipleship. Are you with me? That, that discipleship is so important because that's where we learn to love our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you're not connected, mm, if you're not connected, it can get scary. It can get scary. God's got provision in connection. He's got provision in connection. Those, those empty parts of your life, you've been wondering, like, how come, how come, how come I, I'm, I just feel depressed? Well, maybe some of our friendships are strained because we're so busy that we don't have time to invest in them. Come on. This is where discipleship becomes so important. As we spend time together in God's word, like, like John was talking about, we sharpen each other in God's word, right? As we sharpen each other in God's word, we, there's just something that happens. There's something that changes. When you're alone, listen, God, God made the animal kingdom. You know that? The animals, they, they didn't get told how to be an animal. They just do exactly what they were made to do. Are you with me? Right? When, when, when you have these, these packs of zebra running together, who told them to run together? God did, right? He, he made them that way. They know to do that. When, when you've got these, these animals that are running in packs, like this is what they're supposed to do. Now, what happens when one of the, one of the animals goes astray? It gets eaten. It gets eaten. Some of us are out to lunch, and we don't even know that we're the ones on the menu. Are you with me? Are you with me? Like, when, when we get away from the pack, when we get disconnected, all of a sudden we're giving permission for the enemy to mess with us. You wonder why things just get worse and worse. Hey, you know, I'll get, I'll get to small group when I have more time. When I have more time. Guess what you're never going to have? More time. I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been waiting for like, them to add like an extra 12 hours. Because like, I know if I had 36 hours, I could probably do more in that amount of time. Are you with me? Like, maybe I don't have to feel so bad about sleeping in when I have an extra 12 hours a day. But how many of us know that's never going to happen? It's never going to happen. So in the midst of it, it's going, hey, don't neglect this. Don't neglect this. Jesus says these are the two greatest commandments. Who are we to say anything different? Who are we to say anything different? God has a plan for your life, and it's a two-part plan. That's it. I'm simplifying. Simplify to strengthen, right? It's a two-part plan. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love each other as yourself. Discipleship, connection. Discipleship, connection. If the church has these two things, listen, we can can have all kinds of fun stuff to do. 
Listen, I know it feels good to go and give somebody who doesn't have clothes and give them clothes. There's power in that. Oh, I love, I love our friend-to-friend ministry, but it's gotten put on hold, hasn't it? It got put on hold because we need to make sure that we have discipleship and connection. Because if we have discipleship and connection, we'll have strong leaders that not only go, oh, here's some clothes that you need. All of a sudden, they, they can hear the voice of the Lord that says, pray for them right now. They can experience a miracle. They, that tells them, hey, we're going to go to the next level. Things are going to be even bigger and even more than just how good you feel that you did something. Are you with me? Ministry is more than just how good you feel. I know that when Jesus called his disciples, it wasn't so that they could go and have a good feeling. Ah, he wants you to first be connected to him and second be connected to each other. Hebrews 10, verse 23. I don't know, Lord, that's crazy stuff. Verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted. Somebody say God can be trusted. God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another of acts and love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I think we probably need to read that again. Can, can we read that out loud together? Is it up on the screen? Verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Our reason for connection is to affirm. That's what it says in verse 23. It's to affirm. The hope that we affirm. The hope that we affirm. The reason for connection. When you're disconnected, you lose hope. You lose hope. You lose hope in humanity. All of a sudden, we're watching the news, and we're, we're, we're losing hope in humanity. I, I go through a drive through and I see a young man dressed as a young woman. I'll be honest with you. I'm sitting there. I'm praying for this guy. And I don't know what to say to him. I don't want him to get offended that I say sir or ma'am or anything in between. I'm praying for him as I'm getting my chalupa last night. Are you with me? At midnight <laughs> as I'm on my way home. Right? I'm like, Lord, please, the confusion that this young man is experiencing. I pray, Lord, that he would know who he is in you who you've called him to be, that he is a warrior, that he is a champion. God, that whatever has been spoken over them, whatever he's experienced, maybe his dad wasn't in his life, I don't know, but I tell you right now, Lord, if there is a way that I can reach this young man so that he knows who God called him to be, oh, it breaks my heart to see the world in disarray. Do you see the same world that I see? I know what I'm saying right now can be offensive to so many people. There's probably people watching online right now that turned it off. Oh, you're, 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 you're saying that these sexualities and these things. Listen, God made man and he made woman and he made them perfectly. He didn't make a mistake. There's two sexualities. Are you with me? He, he knows what he made. He knows how to do it. He didn't mess it up along the way that we had to figure it out. Are you with me? Sorry, I don't even know I'm talking about that. It's not in my notes. I just, it just aches me to see people hurting. Not, not that... 
Listen, I'm not trying to judge somebody. I'm not judging anybody for what they think that they are. Listen, I've spent a lot of my life thinking I'm something that I'm not. Are you with me? Has anybody had the same experiences where all of a sudden you're thinking like, I'm no good. I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'll never be a good dad. I'll never be a good mom. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be a good husband or a good wife, right? You think these things about yourself that are untrue. That's why you go back to the word and you ask God, who do you say that I am? See, if we teach a generation how to seek God and how to know God and how to have an experience with him, all of a sudden he can redefine them to show them who they are, who we are who each of us are. You see, we start pointing fingers like you're wrong and this is wrong with you and that's why this is the way it is. No, listen, we all have the same problem. We all think that we're something that we're not. We got to understand that this is the world we live in right now is a, is a world that does without identity, a world that doesn't know who they are. Come on. Woo. Which takes me to my next point. Hopefully we'll get through them today. We'll see what happens. Point number two, my connection reduces confusion. My connection reduces confusion. When you're disconnected, it's easy to get confused. Here I am yesterday putting my tent in the wrong spot because it's easy to get confused. I thought we would do it right here. And they're like, no, we, we have a written plan. It's over here. Pastor Justin needs to go over here. This is where we're doing baptisms, not right there. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know, right? I showed up at 10 a.m. Nobody was here to tell me what to do. I'm just doing whatever I think I'm supposed to do. Are you with me? You ever have that? You show up at work. You did an hour and a half worth of work. And then they're like, that's not what we're doing today. You're like, thank you for that waste of time. Are you with me? Come on. But the more connection you have, it reduces confusion. When you have connection to the body of Christ, it reduces confusion. When you have connection to God, it reduces confusion. See, the less connection that we have, why do we live in a world that is so busy? Because it creates confusion. The enemy knows how strong you are, what you were created for. He knows how he built you. Are you with me? God knows how he built you. And so does the enemy. He knows how God built you. He's like, oh, crud, if this one figures out who they really are, it's going to mess up my whole plan. He's going to take people out of hell that I, I thought for sure I had them on the road. Are you with me? All the, I had them with the, my GPS of confusion that would have just led them down this road until they just finally stopped and quit moving. But God has a plan. You see, the more connected we are to him, the more that we'll know what the plan is. The more connected we are to each other, listen, we don't all have it all together. When you go to small group, you're going to look at people and go, wow, I thought you were better than that. Are you with me? And you know what? They're thinking the same thing about you. They're like, man, I thought you guys had it all together. I didn't know you were confused and having a hard time and dealing with difficulties. Like, because this is life. We're all dealing with it. But the enemy, if he can keep us separated, if he can keep us in a place of confusion, then you'll think it's just you. You're the problem by yourself. But what you find out is that we're all jacked up together. All of us, including the guy in front of you shouting like a crazy person. Because I don't have it all together. We don't have it all together. And we need each other. We need each other. Amen? Connection reduces confusion. Our connection together as we dive into God's truth and his word, we'll find confusion begin to dissipate. My sons, they're awesome. I love my boys. But the, you know what? Every kid is like this. 
every kid tries to get their parents to go against each other. Say, hey, hey, Dad, can I play video games? Yeah, sure, buddy, no problem. Find out ten minutes later, Mom already said no. Yeah. And then she'll come in and, did you say that he could play video games? I'll be like, yes, I did, I'm sorry. And, and all of a sudden, these, these little guys created confusion. Why, why in this scripture does it say that we should stop acting like children? Because how many of us create confusion that doesn't even need to be there? Well, this is what I want to do. This is what I felt God is telling me to do. I'm like, you're not even in, you're in connection with people. You're not even in discipleship. I'm wondering if you can even hear God. Because these are the things he says are the two most important things, and you're not doing either of them. Are you with me? And when I'm saying you, I can be looking in the mirror at times. Are you with me? I'm going, Justin, you're not doing the two things that God said that your life hinges on. What are you doing? Are you with me? Oh, man, I've been running church. I've been doing things. We've been doing all these great ministries and reaching people. Yeah, but are you making disciples? Are you creating connection, Justin? See, one day I will have to stand before God in heaven, and he's going to ask me what I did with my life. He's going to be like, did, did you do what I created you? Did you make disciples? Did you connect my church? Or did you just leave it in the same disarray that you, you received it in? Are you with me? Come on, somebody. I know, I know this stuff's tough. We're, we're coming into Easter. Get ready. The, the Easter bunny's going to fluff everything up. It's going to be awesome, okay? You can invite your friends again because you're not scared they're going to get hammered by the pastor. Are you with me? It's okay. It's going to be fun. We'll get to the fun stuff. But we got to get into the truth. We got to get into the truth. When I was arguing with God a minute ago before I read that last verse, I'm really I'm really scared. Can I be honest with you? I'm really scared. God asks us to do scary things. Does anybody know that? I got the right people in the room. God asks us to do scary things, and I'm navigating this with him. I'm, I'm scared to even tell you out loud what I'm thinking about. <laughs> but I've been praying, and I've been listening to God, and I've been looking for confirmation over the last few weeks and trying to see what he's got next and what his plan is next. And, you know, I met with, I met with the, the realtors for, for the denomination, and, and we looked at some land around here. I told them what kind of what circle I wanted to stay in in French Valley and and where we want to go, and they were looking at all these potentials and, and teaching us a lot of cool stuff. We were learning about, you know, uh, you know if, if you get this land, when you see the power lines, like uh, along the side, get just add fi- like $5 million to whatever your bill is. Or maybe it's 500000 I apologize. I exaggerate everything. That's part of being a pastor. But uh, <laughs> add about $500,000 to whatever the bill is because the city is going to require that you put all that electricity under the ground. For any, any business organization, that's what they'll do. You, they said, you see that how it's on this side of the street, and you see how all the housing development's on that side of the street? See, that, that developer was required to put all of that underneath the ground. I was like, wow, that's a good thing to know when I'm looking at land. Then the other part was I was always looking for 10 acres or more, and he said, no, 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 no. If you look for 10 acres or more, you're going to have to fight with these big businesses to get that land. See, you want to go and find something that's four acres or less. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, because they don't care about that land. They don't want four acres because that means nothing to them. But for a church, it can be perfect. I was like, are you serious? Okay. So I'm learning all this stuff about buildings and looking at buildings. And and I think God has a building for us. I know that he has a building for us. But here's the thing. I'm I'm a little nervous because I feel like he's telling us to get out of the school and not have a building. Yeah. 
I'm like, how do you do that, God? I've never seen that before. And yeah, we did. We did it in a parking lot. And so I was praying about it, and I kind of feel like, and this is, this is craziness. I haven't even talked to our denomination about this. They're probably going to watch this, and they're going to be like, Pastor Justin, what are you talking about? <laughs> so please forgive me. I, was, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so you're getting the unfiltered version. But I'm wondering if we're going to be in parking lots and parks, and you've got to get online to find out where church is going to be next week. And I'm, I'm, I'm <sighs> it scares the crud out of me, to be honest with you, because I know how to build church like this. I don't know how to build church like that. And I'm like, Lord, if you're saying this, this is, if you say, whatever you say, your servant is listening. And I'm thinking, how many people would even come with me to do something crazy like that? I mean, this is crazy enough. You know how many churches think this is crazy? Set up and tear down in a school? You're nuts. Wait until we're out in the parking lot at the mall or something crazy like that. And some kids are walking by and they hear the gospel and give their life to Jesus. <laughs> Pray for me, okay? Pray for me as I navigate what God wants to do next. I want to go back to Ephesians 4 for a minute. Or 4, 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. I've found that families who've been separated from church and the church body tend to be the most confused. When I spend time with families who, yeah, well, you know, we just don't have time for church. You know, my, my son plays baseball or football and it's always on Sunday morning next week I'm not well I already said it um next week next week is my birthday I'm gonna be 37 years old next week but on my birthday my hockey team is playing at 11 o'clock in the morning guess where I will not be at hockey right because why because I need to be here I need to be here with you I need to be making sure that, that God is doing a work and working through those things. Is it even a question for me? Now, is there a part of my flesh that's like, dude, I want to go play hockey? Yeah, there is. There's a part of that for all of us. But how do we prioritize connection? Things will take us away from it all the time. So what do we, how are we prioritizing that? How are we prioritizing that for our kids? Thank you. How are we prioritizing that for our kids? I even got to point number three, and I just got a zero because you have zero time left. Isn't that awesome? It is awesome. Yeah, that's because I'm going way off the notes. That's the problem. <sighs> you know, it's much easier for the enemy to influence us negatively and trick us when we're separated. If we're separated, it's so much easier to trick us. So much easier to trick us. Then all of a sudden, 10 years go by, your 8-year-old is now turning 18, and you haven't been consistent. And he never saw you be consistent. So now he has to go off into the world by himself. And hopefully, he'll hear God. Hopefully, he'll know what that looks like. Hopefully, he'll prioritize church in his life. Hopefully, he'll prioritize his, his uh, relationship with Jesus. Or she, sorry. I don't mean to say specifically a son. It could be a daughter. Matthew 18, 19. I know this is heavy stuff. You're not inviting your friends next week. I can feel it. <laughs> You're like, this is too heavy. Verse 19, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything I, you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Verse 20, 
For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. I was, I'm going to share something with you, and I, I got to be careful how I share it. Like I said, I'm unfiltered, so I got to be careful. I got to try to like put the filter on so that I can say something without it being personal or hurt people's feelings. Um, but I was talking with, with one of my, my friends last week, and, uh, and he had shared with me that, uh, that he didn't have a car and that he hadn't had a car for two years. I'm like, for two years, bro, like, I love you, and I know you, and I didn't know that. What's crazy about it is that I had just gone and prayed over someone's house and prayed because they had, like, some demonic, crazy stuff happening in his house. Like, he's working on a car, and all of a sudden, like, a, a, a extension cord flies out of the air and hits him in the head. Like, some real, like, like in the movies, demonic, crazy stuff. So we go over and pray over his house and anoint it with oil and invite the Holy Spirit in. And, and God just did some crazy work in that dude's house. It was awesome. He was so lit up afterwards. He says, hey, I've been working on this car and I need to give it to someone. I just feel the Lord tell me I need to give it to someone. Well, here's the problem. I didn't know that there was a need. Because when we're not connected, we don't know the need, right? And so... I, I, I said, hey, I don't know anybody that needs a car, but I tell you, I'll keep my ears open. And, and we gave it to somebody who had the money to be able to buy a car. And it worked out to bless that, that his, his son, his young, this young man coming back from the Navy, and he blessed him with it. But it could have gone to this, this family member right here in the church, but we didn't know. Right? So it's really important for each of us to stay connected. Point number three, my connection keeps me current. My connection keeps me current. It keeps you sharp. It keeps you knowing what's happening, what's going on next. Now, no guilt or shame for that person who didn't, wasn't connected, right? No guilt or shame. None of it. I say shame off you in the name of Jesus. But here's the thing. No more, right? When, when Jesus spoke to the woman who just got caught in adultery, he didn't condemn her. He said, go and sin no more. You see, just because we were disconnected doesn't mean let the, let the enemy beat you up and keep you disconnected. It means now you know, so we don't stay disconnected. We, we don't stay that way anymore, right? God will accept you the way you are, but he won't leave you the way you are because he loves you too much. Are you with me? Thank you. You're going to make me sound holy. So good. Proverbs 27, verse 7. She's going to try, Pastor Sarah said. That's... It's going to be hard. <laughs> Proverbs 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We are in this together. We're in this together. Do not go through this thing alone. It's a lie that the enemy would tell you to go through this alone. Well, I revealed my problems at church before, and then I got judged for it. If that happens in this church, you come and you tell me. Because then there's some more cleaning of the house that needs to happen. Because that's not what brothers and sisters do. Gossip does not belong in church. Even though it's in every church because there's humans in every church, gossip does not belong in church. If it doesn't edify the body, don't say it. Don't say it. You can think whatever you want, but don't say it. Don't let it out of your mouth because out of your mouth comes blessings and curses. Only let blessings come out. That tongue of yours is a rudder that, that steers the course of your life. 
Don't let what comes out of your mouth steer you in the wrong direction. Don't let it. Don't let it. Ephesians 4, 15. Instead. Somebody say instead. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, church center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the church center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.